Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Budget Arcade, the free-to-play gaming podcast to help you navigate through the growing realm of free-to-play games. My name's Jeff. And I'm Mark. And uh, what we normally do is every two weeks, we review a game and Scott tells Mark to stop talking. And then on these off weeks, Mark's actually allowed to say things. So right. I love it. It's going to be it's great. My, it's my favorite time of the year. I know. Every other week. Uh, so we do something different every week or, um, what it usually breaks down into is us just discussing why Xbox is going to win the next console generation. Uh, but what we are doing this, uh, as we record this, the latest consoles have just come out, the Xbox one, or excuse me, series X and the PlayStation five. Uh, if you've got your hands on one, lucky you, but if not like myself and Mr. Mark here, uh, we are still playing on current-gen hardware, and we want to celebrate the current-gen as we bid it adieu uh, by each of us listing our top five uh, games for the current generation. We are going to exclude the Switch, because I feel like the Switch is halfway through its life cycle. It's got a few more years left in it. it let me i just say this. It wasn't for lack of trying. I... I at the last second I decided, hey, I'm gonna try to get a PS5. Um, that didn't go over so well. Yeah, I I already knew that I was just gonna wait until they were readily available, and that I paid off a couple credit cards. Sure, you know, reward myself with an X Xbox Series X. Uh, but either way, uh, it also seems like maybe we're we're missing out on some faulty. There's been reports of faulty equipment on both uh, Sony and Microsoft side, so it's it's always kind of good to wait and see things out, uh, and especially if you're an Xbox 360 owner and you you've had to replace yours several times, you know how much that can stink. Uh, so I'm totally fine waiting. Hey, let me ask you this real quick: What did uh? What do you? Th- I don't know if you paid any attention to the reviews of the the launch titles for both both consoles, but uh, is this the best launch uh, launch title uh, across both platforms that that Sony and Microsoft ever had? Uh, that's kind of tough. I mean, probably that Sony and Microsoft. If you're just including them, probably. 
but so much of them are shared. Nobody's really got yeah. any dope exclusives. Right. Um, and it's a lot of these games are just current gen games that have been upscaled for next gen. Yeah. Like, I don't think true. we're really seeing, with the exception of the NBA 2K series, what these consoles can do yet. Uh, I think the NBA 2K games look amazing. I will not buy them because they are uh, riddled with microtransactions and it's ruined the game. But that's its own episode. <laughs> I feel like so, we've had that episode before. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have. We've talked about everything. That's why it's hard for me to come up with things to talk about because I feel like we've covered everything. And I, I just can't bring myself to talk about the next generation any further. Sure. So we're well, going to dive right in. Uh, normally, I allow Mark to go first, but I'm going to go first uh, because I'm mean. Um, and I have... We're picking a top five, but I have two games in my fifth slot, mostly because they kind of go hand in hand, and you can't talk about the current generation of consoles without discussing uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds and Fortnite. Uh, they specifically Fortnite has dominated this generation of hardware. Uh, and there really wouldn't be a Fortnite if it weren't for PUBG, and there wouldn't be, uh, you know, other battle royales. The genre probably would not be around if it weren't for PUBG. And then some would say could argue that H one N H one Z one brought it. It doesn't matter. PUBG is the one that kind of made it popular, and then Fortnite blew the doors off. So I don't think you can talk about this generation and the games on the consoles without including really the games that introduced and defined a genre for this generation. Hey, what's, what's, uh, so, um, I guess outstanding about the Fortnite model is that it's a, you know, it didn't start free to play, did it? Uh, well, so Fortnite initially was totally different game. It was like a fort building game where you had like zombies and stuff or so. I don't know. I never played it, but it was its own little game. And then when PUBG got popular, they created the spinoff that is the Fortnite we know now. Um, and it's almost like kind of like how Netflix started off by renting DVDs and then they kind of started the streaming thing. And now Netflix is just known for streaming, you know, and that's kind of what happened. But uh, the Fortnite that we, that everybody plays now, was that originally free to play? Yes. Okay. So that, that's, you know, to me, that's, that's miraculous. Unless I'm mistaken. Uh. But I, so I believe the, the um, battle Royale mode was free to play right away. Maybe like people who purchased the regular game got like early access or beta access or something. And I could be talking out my butt, but I believe for the most part, it was free to play. Well, that's what we do here on this podcast. We talk out of our butts. So, the how long has it been out? Five years? Four years? I don't know. Listen, uh, I didn't come prepared. Ne- neither did I. Anyways, um, I just think it speaks to because every now and then you get a game that just sticks around, um, despite you know itself. It constantly is reinventing itself, and I feel like Fortnite is a, a is is the perfect example of that. Is because they're constantly bringing in new things, new new skins for characters, uh, new events. Um, 
it's a it's a fantastic game. It's a fantastic model uh, for how games on the next generation should, um, at least if they're going to be free to play, should should model themselves after. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, I, I, I've always held Fortnite as the gold standard of how to operate a free-to-play format, um, and I think they do it perfectly. So what about you? What's number five? Uh, so I think I think we're gonna we're gonna have a disparity in our list. Oh, absolutely! I know. I, I, I think you. <laughs> I think you're gonna have maybe some indie titles. Uh, you're gonna have you know some multiplayer titles. My, you know, you've defined as... my list. You know me too well. <laughs> um, I mine is strictly single player titles. That's what that's what I play. That's um, that's good. You know, that's. Uh, We're covering the but, uh, spectrum then between the both of us. Uh, for sure. So, um, and this one is a more recent title. It's, it was released this year. And I think, um, and this is probably a topic for another another podcast, but um, I think both console, both the, the uh, Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, I think their best years happened in the past, what, two years? Um, as far as games go. Oh, yeah. And, you know, while both consoles had a very long shelf life, um, I feel like at least the PlayStation 4 in the past year, year and a half, really just had a steady stream of good game, good game, good game, and then sprinkled in with some great games. Would you uh, just say Ghost of Shishima already and let's get moving? Yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Scott. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, no, Ghost of Tsushima is is my number five. Uh, it's such a such a beautiful game. It um, you know, and they just incorporated multiplayer into it with a with an update, um, which I haven't delved into, but I hear it, it's fantastic. Um, just everything from the story to the art direction to the gameplay to um, you know the customizations and just everything about the game. It's a, it's a fantastic game. I can't, I can't say enough great things about the ghost of Tsushima. And, um, it's a shame that I don't, I don't know how many people did play it. And I, I think it is this year's game of the year. Um, but I think it's going to get lost kind of in the shuffle of transition between the PlayStation four and the Mm -hmm. PlayStation five. Um, but hopefully, hopefully it gets, it gets a, a, a longer shelf life next time around, which undoubtedly will happen. So this one, I'm thinking about it now. This game might have come out on the PS3. Let me do quick Google. I know it came out on the Wii U, but I'm not counting Nintendo hardware. So PS. No, it did not. Okay. So this is kind of borderline, uh, and that's fine. But modern hardware didn't get this game until this generation, specifically PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, but you're right, indie games. You're gonna. We're gonna start off with uh, Shovel Knight. Uh, if you like side-scrolling platformers, a la Mario, DuckTales, uh, you know, Crash Bandicoot, when it had some side-scrolling sections. But any, this is the cream of the crop when it comes to side-scrolling platformers. And not only uh, where I can get away with putting this on the list is because they release, if you bought Shovel Knight, they released Plague Knight which was kind of more like an expansion, which was fine. But then they released Specter Knight, and it came out the same day as the Switch. And 
Uh, again, we're not talking about the Switch, but it also hit the modern hardware. And then they just released King of Cards, and each of those are like its own full campaign. And if you bought the original game, you got them all. You didn't have to buy more. So uh, just an amazing game of using retro sensibilities and retro graphics and music to just put out something that's wholly original and yet wholly inspired by the past, which makes no sense whatsoever. But that's what it is. It's fantastic. I love this game. Yeah, I never played it. Um, I've heard great things about it, though. It's fantastic. Uh, it's it's yeah, no. a, it's a top tier indie game. It's it's a love letter to the NES and the the great platformers we had. Cool. Uh, so that was your number four. Uh, my number four is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, what? Yeah, Why? Was... Shocker. Oh, Mark. You would have never guessed. Oh. Ubisoft Montreal. Um, the, no, it just, it, it completely reinvented the, uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise uh, moving forward. I guess it started with Origins, but Odyssey was the, um, the finished product. And uh, like I would say, it, Origin reinvented, and then Odyssey nailed it. Right? That's, that's yeah, kind of yeah. That, that, that's a good way to put it. The so, but like it's, um, it's such a fantastic RP. It's a full blown RPG, uh, open world. The map is huge. Um, you have thousands of weapons, thousands of customization options. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it incorporates uh, incorporates all of the Assassin's Creed stuff. You have stealth. You have you know you can just run in and beat everybody's ass. You can go sailing. You can chase a goat. It doesn't matter. It's a great game. Yeah. Well, I'm positively sick of hearing of it. But uh, I guess <laughs> when we get up to my uh, number one, you'll be in the same boat. But number three, anyone who knows me. This is my favorite indie game, possibly of all time. You know, it's hard to say, but Enter the Gungeon. Holy smokes, is this game great. If you like action, action roguelikes, this is it, right? Other games came before and kind of innovated on the genre. In the same way that, you know, Origin might have innovated, Odyssey perfected, Enter the Gungeon perfected the, the twin stick roguelike shooter. It's so good. I've got, I don't know how many hours. I bought it on PC. I bought it on Switch. I bought it on Xbox. I bought it on my PS Vita. You know, like, not even Vita. Actually, no, I didn't. I lied. I didn't buy it on PlayStation in any way. But I bought it a lot. And (laughs) it's an excellent game. I don't know what else to say. Every run's different. There's tons of guns. There's the kind of meta progression I like where you still start at zero, but... Uh, you unlock things that can then later show up in the dungeon, so there is a reason to keep playing. Even though you die, you start over. Uh, you can kind of unlock things to get the full experience as you play without having it be sort of this grind to make your character so powerful you can't die in the dungeon, which is what I like, is is the start from zero mentality. I don't know what else to say. It's so good. It's often on sale on the Switch for $7.50, which is an absolute steal. It's been free a number of times on the Epic Game Store, which is dumb. I don't I don't get that. But it's great. Now, Exit the Gungeon, you can pass. 
It's bad. Bad's a strong <laughs> word. It's not good. But Enter the Gungeon's amazing. <laughs> the uh, uh, I remember playing that game and and thinking, "Wow, this is a really good game." I like it. It feels indie, but it doesn't. Um, I don't. I don't know how to put that, but uh, I agree. Well, that's a that's a that's a fantastic game. Yeah, it, it's kind of it's again one of those top tier indie games. Whereas like Shovel Knight might. I don't even think Shovel Knight feels indie. It feels just so polished, and and so does Enter the Gungeon. Um, that it's just well, I mean, so Shovel Knight was published by Yacht Club Games. They self-published their own title, and now they're publishing other indie developers, which is cool. Uh, where Enter the Gungeon was made by Dodgeroll, but published by Devolver Digital, and that kind of almost makes it maybe not indie. Devolver Digital is sort of this publisher that grabs up indies. And they publish indie games. So it is still kind of indie. Uh, but they get a little more money behind it. As far as I know. So, But that's my number three. Great game. Alright. Uh, my number three. Is. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, did you ever play play that one? No. Because it's just too much. Oh, it is. It's, it's very. It's a, it's a very. <laughs> It's a very heavy. You have to devote time to it. That's that's the biggest. I think I won't call it a knock, but that's like the biggest caveat to uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. But it's a it's a fantastic game. It's it's it, it nails everything out of the park. Uh, it's so immersive, so in depth. You uh, you can literally spend hundreds of hours doing nothing but you know, bathing yourself and picking out outfits and this heading your horse. Oh no, that that it you is. just described it's, like a Barbie simulator. Uh, if Barbie was in the Wild West and <laughs> yep, that's Barbie okay. uh robbed stagecoaches, sure. Um, but no, it, it's it's fantastic. Rockstar is is probably the best developer out there. Uh, with telling a story within a world uh, where you the world just engulfs you, uh, and that's Red Dead Redemption Two. And uh, I think it came out in the middle of this this console generation, and I think it kind of set the bar for the rest of the console generation. Yeah. So that's that's my number three. Well, and considering that this generation we didn't get a new GTA, they just republished GTA Five. And yeah. they're going to republish GTA Five on the next generation. Uh, this might be it for you for you know Rockstar open world games. So, <laughs> well, which kind of uh, stinks. GTA Five version three point two or whatever. Believe but... they're doing that. PlayStation and and I don't really necessarily have a problem with PlayStation Four, but in their their event, they showed GTA Five again. I don't care. At least Red Dead's a new game, and it looks new on the current hardware. So, huh, who knows what Rockstar's well, doing? Well, I mean, G- GTA Online is a ever evolving thing all the time. So. That's true, but it's not GTA. Like GTA has always right. been that single player experience, and this GTA Online has been their microtransaction offering yeah. that might take over. What we know and love is GTA. Yeah. 
I personally, I'm a little scared of that, but you know, hey, that's not what we're talking about today. We're being positive. We're bringing up our top games. And uh, so we're going to my number two. And uh, this is another one that's kind of almost like, well, no, it's not. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare slash Warzone, specifically Warzone. Uh, I think Warzone is the best battle royale ever made. It's incredible. It's so fun to play still. And it actually, I don't, I, for years, I don't like, I haven't liked a Call of Duty game, like a long time. Um, and after playing Warzone a bunch, I bought the Modern Warfare game and I'm loving just playing multiplayer of that. I think it's a, and it's kind of unlike me to have Call of Duty as something on a list of mine because I just don't like the series that much. But I think that also is a testament to how good Warzone is. And uh, how good the the counterpart of Modern Warfare is as well. I didn't play the campaign, uh, but from a multiplayer and a battle royale uh, perspective, it's it's a ten out of ten. I love it. How do they improve on it? I mean, how how do they improve on that going forward? You know, it's it's the you say it's the best. That's battle royale. the tough thing, right? Because yeah. what we end up getting and what's happened for the battle royale genre you got PUBG. they kind of started it's this clunky frankly it's a mess PUBG is a messy game um and then fortnite comes out and they have that triple a polish where it runs great whereas PUBG never really did um however PUBG still has bar none the best sound design of any battle royale like when you hear gunfire you know where it's coming from uh, with everything else, it's kind of guesswork. Uh, but, the, you know, like Fortnite kind of made it for everyone. And then like Apex Legends came out and they innovated so much to make it a, the genre better by adding the ping system, uh, all kinds of like quick equipping things, just making your inventory management so much easier. And then we're, uh, we have the Black Ops one, which was good. But this is like the full realization of them perfecting the battle royale. What do you do going forward? I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a couple things they can do to improve it with the pickup system. The pickup system is not particularly great in Warzone. It's it's bad. Um, and there's things they can do there to improve that. But that's about it. I really like the gun. It's so fun to just sit there and tweak your loadouts and add attachments to guns and try them out and, and see what you like and don't like and it's fun to play with your friends. You can get in and out of games pretty easily. I, I It's great. It's And the reason I'm putting it on my list, it's the game I probably spent the second most amount of time with this generation. And the, the first game is number one on your list, I'm assuming. That is correct. And okay. anyone who knows me knows exactly what it is, and it will not be a surprise to anyone. But go ahead. You're number two, please. <laughs> Uh, so my number two is Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, it is. Uh, it was. Kind of, it came out a couple years after the PS4 had been out. Um, twenty twenty sixteen, I think twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, and it just took everybody by surprise. There wasn't a. I mean, it. There was some play up to it, but it wasn't. There was no, uh, you know, word on the street of hey, this like is fanfare. This is, 
yeah, there's no this is this is game of the year and all this. But man, when you when you play that game and you immerse in or you dive into the story of of the characters in the game and the world where you know your post-apocalyptic earth where robot dinosaurs roam and um you know you're trying to figure out what happened to the earth and why these robot dinosaurs are there um it it's great uh and i personally can't wait till uh, 20 yeah i think it's the end of 2021 where you know the sequel is supposed to hit the ps5 but um yeah not, to me it's uh it's a it's it's a fantastic start to a uh, a new franchise a new ip mm-hmm. uh sony really really hit out of the park and and i don't know like I don't know Sony's design process and Sony's creative process, but for them to take a a huge swing on Horizon Zero Dawn instead of continuing the uh, Killzone franchise, because Guerrilla Games made Horizon Zero Dawn and they also yeah. made the, the Killzone games. We didn't get a Killzone game in the PS4 generation. And nobody um, noticed... Right. Well, that's the thing is nobody really cared, but for Sony, they had to take a huge swing and drop a well-known IP um, in order to, you know, start this new franchise. Mm-hmm. And uh, to to me, that's I, I, that's what the uh, publishers need to be doing more often. Um, is because then you get you get more great games and not just continuation of franchises. But yeah, that's my number two. And it's like, how many people do you know that are like kill zone heads? Right. Like you, you know, people who, who love halo, you yeah. know, but I, I don't know anyone who's like, hell yeah. Kill zone. Nobody does. Not, nobody cares. No. And, and they weren't great games either. So, right. So I think they made a great migrating this team to something new. And clearly, because you're not the only person who's told me how great it is. Uh, so, I, I now know what your number one is. It took me a second. I had to parse some things out. But uh, so I'll guess your number one after you guess my number one. What's my number one? Do you know? All right. Um, it's not an indie title. Nope. Oh, it could be an indie. Uh, it is uh, not indie. It is triple A. <laughs> if we hadn't talked about 2K earlier i would have said 2k yeah well, apparently uh, you don't listen to this podcast oh damn. what's is it it's not hey it's not halo is it oh, no <laughs> i used to love halo it's overwatch it's overwatch uh i was gonna say overwatch um, yeah overwatch and i know you probably haven't played it but boy did it reinvent and and change what first person shooters could be for me uh i was used to the even though i just went off about how much i love the new call of duty specifically warzone uh i was kind of burnt out on that kind of multiplayer shooter uh, where you just run around and kill people and die repeat 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 and the same was with halo i was kind of tired of that and so here comes overwatch which is heavily objective base it requires a ton of teamwork and all the characters played so differently that the game took 600 hours for me to really get bored 
because I would learn a new character. And then when I got bored with that one, I jumped to a new character and I'd learn that one. And before you knew it, I knew all the characters and I'm, I'm playing with my friends and they kept changing the game and adding, uh, game modes like your, your arcade games and, uh, the competitive is what it is. Like at first it was kind of fun, but now it's just a hot mess of, of toxic gaming, but the game itself is so good and so different from anything I've played before. And I put more hours into it this generation than any other game bar none, hands down by hundreds of hours. Yeah. Uh, everything I've never played the game. Um, cause I'm not a big multiplayer uh, gamer, but, uh, everything I've heard and read and, uh, all the testimonial about the game is that it, it, it defined a generation of multiplayer titles. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to see what they do next. You know, I don't know. I have, uh, eventually I did burn myself out on Overwatch. I haven't played it in a while, beat, but that's because I don't remember when it came out, what year it was been like three years or more. But that was all I played for like two straight years. That was it. And I didn't, I never got bored of it. I just kept playing and playing and playing. And then I'd sprinkle in an indie, like an Enter the Gungeon or something like that. But when I got on my Xbox, I booted up Overwatch 99 times out of 100. And I just loved playing it. Yeah. Uh, so you're number one. Can I guess? Yeah, go for it. It's God of War. <laughs> Johnny, what does he win? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it is. It's got. Is that a uh, Weird Al reference? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Never mind. <laughs> you know, a hey, sidebar. Um, so I was watching Auntie Donna's uh, big old whatever. house of fun. <laughs> uh, um, I was not prepared for it to be a sketch show. By the way. Um, I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but anyways, they had like a cameo by Ali Weird Al, and uh, if you if you haven't watched Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun or whatever it's called, uh, give it a watch. It's, well, it's absurdist comedy, and it's not for the little ones. So, <laughs> anyways, anyway, you saying Weird Al made me think of that. Anyways, um, no, uh, God of War is the is the ultimate um, single player game. It's the best single player title I've ever played. It the story, you know, where you play as a grizzled, uh, depressed. <laughs> You're really selling it. God of war. <laughs> no, it 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 kind of turns because every God of War title before that. You were this, you were this larger than life being, taking on all sorts of mythical creatures, and you were a badass. And uh, this game kind of reverses that, and it it pits you as somebody that has to has to find themselves and and settle with the mistakes of their past, and and it's a it's a direct continuation of the previous games, but. It doesn't take the same approach, and it completely reinvented the God of War franchise. That um, it did. This yeah, is one no, of the it, games you listed that I've actually played, and uh, it, okay, good. It did not feel like God of War to me, um, because I'm used to like swinging your chains around and yeah. 
just mashing the buttons till everything died. And this was a lot more sophisticated of a game. And it, you know, and it, um, I'm pretty sure this is the first or one of the first games in this this uh, console generation that incorporated load points into the actual gameplay. Um, you know, where you'd move between two uh, a crevice in the wall and you have to squeeze through it. Um, from what I from what I understand is that that was the developer's way of rather than a load Hiding screen the load points. Right. Um, yeah. So one thing that. Uh, about this game is that it's one continuous shot barring you dying and respawning. But if you were to play the game and never die, it's one continuous shot. Yeah. And that's why they do that with the load times. And I I don't, I don't, I might, I might be speaking up my, my rear when I say it's the first, first game to do that, but it's the game that made that um, method of loading uh, popular, which yeah. then became I remember, incorporated. Uh, Metroid Prime had something kind of like that, where you'd go into like a a room and a door hadn't opened yet, or you'd be like on an elevator, so you'd still be able to move around and everything, so you wouldn't see load screens. Um, yeah. but and there were pretty short load times, but it just kind of hid the loading behind this elevator or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just the, uh, the you know, you, you also have companion gameplay uh, where you're traveling with your son through whatever realms of Middle Earth or wherever we're at. Oh, yes, Middle um, Earth. <laughs> you'll see The Hobbit. Um, but, you know, it just, it, it's such a, such a great game. And i just don't, i don't know i mean there's a, a million different ways they can go in the story direction but gameplay man it's such a great game that's it's my it's my top of my list all right well that's the 10 best games of this generation i think we covered it we covered indies multiplayer games and a whole lot of uh single player adventure titles uh, so, what were your favorite games of this past, this current generation that is nearing its end? You can reach out to us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash budget arcade, uh, Twitter and Instagram at budget arcade. You can go to our website, www.budgetarcade.com. If you want to buy some merch, you can go to hotkeygaming.com slash budget hyphen arcade and use promo code buttbiscuits. We also have a Patreon. Check out the link in the description to find out more about that. Uh, our music is provided to us by Stimage. You can find his music on MetroidMetal.com. Now, Mark, is there anything yeah. you'd like to say to Scott? Uh, yes. Uh, everybody listening, please go to uh, all of the social media and tell Scott he's being a tyrant with his uh, mandates on uh, talking points and the ability to have flowing conversation without it being or appearing to be scripted. So uh, please let him know that you use the hashtag free Mark. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Well, if you want to talk to us uh, in a more casual and real time way, you can check out our discord. That link will also be in the description of these show notes. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to budget arcade and game on. 
Podcast Network. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.